Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome listeners to the Identity Matters podcast. We're on number 160, believe it or not. 160 in the Identity Matters series. This is part B. Here we have authority is the key component to discipleship. Of course it is. It's probably the primary key truth to discipleship because it's how authority functions. So God the Father tells Jesus, Jesus tells the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit brings to remembrance the words of Jesus. That's a quote-unquote listener. The Holy Spirit brings to remembrance. Well, in whose brain? Yours, if you're indwelt. So that's the system. God the Father speaks, Jesus obeys, Dada and the authority and the Holy Spirit brings to, to remembrance what Jesus said and you hear it in your private time with the Lord and you preach it. So you see, in discipleship, the one who's coming for discipleship is typically more used to hearing the distractions that we have going on in our life than hearing the Holy Spirit. So you need some discipleship. 602-292-2982. You need discipleship. Well, the discipleship is not going to work if you do not have respect for all established authority. Because you'll question whatever it is your leader is telling you. You'll go analyze it, study it, research it. Whatever. You see, an indwelt believer hears truth instantly. There's no research. They hear instantly truth. The study to show thyself approved to handle accurately the word of truth is after you become a student. But indwelt believers hear the Spirit speak inside someone and say, I don't like the guy, but I like the message. Or I do like the guy and I like the message. Whatever. It really doesn't matter. If you're a John, quiet spoken, or if you're loud and annoying like Peter, it doesn't matter. Because you need all of, all of those voices and tones and styles of approaching one central message of not I, but Christ. And once that's accomplished, good quality discipleship has already occurred. So I am definitely not ashamed in any way to say what I am in Christ has more to do with just me quoting 
this new phrase of who I am in Christ. How is it different for most believers that they pick up on a new phrase or idea or belief system at a conference, exchange life conference, and you start running around using the language before you have a clue what it means? That's what children do. Do you realize that over 50% of the words that children use, they have no clue what it is? They don't know what it means. It takes life experience to bring in the definitions, correct? And a part of that is a discipleship process where the parent says to the child, that's a bad word. They're looking at you like, bad word? We have bad words? And you are instructing them and training them so when they grow up, they know what is a healthy word like bastard Versus a nasty word like something I'm not going to say. Do you you understand that? That takes discipleship and a respect for authority, a father figure. Well, what about mommies? Mommies are representatives of the father of the house. Nothing more. There's no more identity you get. And if you're not married, it's the eldest male In your lineage, that is your father figure. That doesn't make you lesser. It makes you even more valuable. You are the representation of the Holy Spirit, the power element of the gospel. Jesus is powerful because of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? If Jesus did not have the Holy Spirit as a power element, he would be powerless. His claim of who he is in his Father has no power in it. There's power in the name of Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. That's how simple it is. So when the ladies are running around acting like men, shame on you, seriously. That's condemnation upon yourself. It is not proper representation of that portion of the Trinity. We need you women to act like women. To communicate to the younger next generation what the Holy Spirit is about. Comforter, caretaker, supporter of the leader. And those of you gals out there become masculine women... How's it working for you? Do you enjoy it? Or you guys that have become infeminate, you, you, you act like your sister. And then you do a name identity change on yourself and you call yourself a shim. And then maybe even go so far to call yourself a she. Really? Have you looked between your legs lately? How were you created? How did God design you in creation, 602, I'm going to get one on this, 292-2982. God gives you a physical identity, an emotional identity, or relational identity, and a spiritual identity. That's what makes you who you are. The Holy Spirit is a very, very, very important key aspect to us being able to sit here and release the power of Christ within us. Thank you, ladies. Those of you who truly 
function as the Holy Spirit, the power element in your marriage, but yet yield it all unto your husband's gifting. You are a rare breed. But they're out there. And we need to unite. So I just keep it all together. So my spiritual father being Dr. Charles Solomon, we were having fun little back and forth chit chat this week about fatherhood and, and you know, he was set, I was setting him up to do the forward in the book and, you know, so he's firing me off stuff he's learned from me and I've learned from him. It was really kind of fun. That's going to be in the, the front of the book. People are going to get it instantly. How can this man honor this man like this? And yet be very open to talking about his, his frail human tendencies. Why would I put any focus on his frail human tendencies when that's going to die in just a few short months? It's going to be dead, gone, away. Every weakness he ever had is going to be gone. Correct? What's going to be left? Who he is. Who he is in spirit. Who he is in soul. And then he'll get a new body. So you see, everything we're talking about, everything you have studied throughout your life about Christianity or God, the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit are pieces of understanding the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Spiritual fathers, the view we carry in our hearts regarding the role and life of a father directly affects our view of God. So if you had one of these angry-looking dads that was abusive or whatever, and you're having a hard time throwing that aside, going, this is a very, very short-lived. But you went through your entire life, maybe still are, and you just have this nasty attitude about your dad. You are a long, long, long way off from understanding the truth, the life of Christ. What my father did, and believe me, there is a long list that each of the kids could put together that I refuse to, is not my dad. It's sin, it's his flesh. It's the reflection of Satan. And I'm not warming up to that any day, ever. So then my focus became, as Keith Fredrickson discipled in me, he said, you need to reach your father for Christ. And here's how we're going to do it. And he put together a list of, you know, these things that I did to hurt my father. And I'm like, he's the one that hurt me. He said, your internship has stopped until you do this. Go home, tell your wife, pack your bags. You're going alone. She's not going with you. Pack your bags. Go back to Iowa, unannounced, walk in that house, and say, Dad, 
I need to talk to you. It's exactly what I did. I have no clue why, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, why I have such a deep respect for authority, and I have had it all my life. Not to say I haven't had moments to stick it to him. But I understood that command. So I went home, I told Jane, and we didn't even have the money for this trip, and so I drove back, you know, 18 hours, whatever it was, get back to Iowa, and drove up the driveway, and I walked in the house, and my mother kind of looked at me, and I said, where's dad, you know, no hugs, no nothing, walked into the living room where my father was, and he looks at me, and he said, who in the hell died? That's what I heard. And guess what I said? I have. have. So my father and I went out in the garage, sat in two lawn chairs, stared out into the sky because my dad was a storm watcher. And I went through the 18 items. Stopped me after a couple of them, says, you really don't need to do this. I said, oh, yes, I do. And I told him what Keith had asked me to do. I am not talking about your sin. I am not. This is what I did to you. Got through over half of them. I looked at my father and he's weeping like a baby. Now you'd have to know my dad. Hardcore, drunk, wife beater, kid beater. And the list kind of goes from there. And he's crying. The Lord said, keep going. So I kept going. Got down through the list. And of course he said yes to every one of them. He gets up from his lawn chair. He walks over by the bushes in the yard. And he's just kind of pacing a little back. And just tell us it's bothering him. But when you do that, all the sin goes on their shoulders. And then I walked over there and tried to comfort him and he turned kind of in an angry way and said, alcohol makes you do horrible things. And I separated the goats from the sheep and I said, Dad, this has got nothing to do with what you did. It's what I did. Now, It took two years from that time before I got a message, actually a phone call from my mother, and she said, your father's never going to tell you this. But that letter that your, your teacher made you write and send, which was Keith, after I got back, he said, I want you to write the gospel out, send it to him. So I did, kept it under his little ham radio, and Mom said to me after he woke up from puke and urine, In his bed, he went and got that letter and he prayed that prayer. Your father is a Christian. Now I believe it's because the assignment Keith gave me that had a lot to do with salvation, right? Forgiveness. But I didn't give him any preachy, you need Jesus. Because it wasn't about him that day. It was about freeing me to the Him. To understand God the Father when He speaks, I say, 
Yes, sir. And that's why I am the way I am. Because of that weekend. But you know when when you give people that assignment, particularly with their fathers, oh boy, have I got stories for you. Hatred, animosity, resistance, rebellion, excuses, excuses, excuses. And they have no clue. It is the homework that will set them free forever. Daddies do matter. I don't care what they did to you. And I've added in my office from murder to wishing as a child they could murder their father. It doesn't matter what the sin is. It's what you do with it. And I was not nice with my father's sin. So, here we have it. His tribe is the children of God. That's us now, indwelt, and his angels. His descendants were created through Adam and spiritually through his son's marriage. That's us, the bride of Christ, the church. God's property is in heaven, and the earth that he created is his footstool. That's a quote-unquote, right? Yeah. He created man to be completely dependent on him as his father, Jesus being the son, he being the father, so it can be demonstrated as exactly how this works. You know, I've thought about that, and I'm not afraid to think like this. I've thought about Jesus had every right to look at his father and say, you're abusive. Don't go telling me to turn the other cheek and not resist him who is evil. Don't tell me to stand there and take it, Dad. What's wrong with you? I'm your son. But he never did that. You see how critical it becomes when he speaks to us in Matthew 5 and says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them on the left as well. If someone's stealing your shoes, give them your coat too. And if someone's forcing you to go one mile, go two with them. Always give twice the amount of the abuse. 602-292-2982. We sue people who abuse us. We don't give them double portions of blessings in return. That is old-fashioned thinking. Well, you won't get your blessing. I'm tired of hearing I've been abused. I'm tired of hearing I have to set up borders. I'm tired of hearing all this psycho babble that protects the person from being able to have God use difficult, if not impossible, circumstances to release the abuser. You see... I know that that worker that was handing out our tracks, our identity matter tracks in Ethiopia, handing them through the prison windows, they caught him. Someone on their radical side was taking a video of cutting off the head of one of our workers. I can still see in my mind clearly 
the peace on his face. He didn't hate those guys. That's why he was after them. How can you hate someone you're evangelizing? Duh! Not in America. We sue them first and then we evangelize after we're getting the money. You see? We get it backwards. Here's our identity statement for today. Many modern views of family completely rape the world of the true reason and purpose of godly fatherhood, both spiritually and naturally. Because of mankind's sin, we have made serious modifications to the original design. Serious modifications. The design of heaven is not restrictive, but freeing and perfect. God has never modified his view of fatherhood here on earth. If he did so, it would be giving in to the plan and the plot of Satan. He is not here to take over the world. Okay, this is good theology. He's here to take over God. He's just using the world to do it. He's interested in Abba, Father's position. That's all he wants. And you men who are rising up to usurp your natural fathers, spiritual fathers, police officers, government leaders, whatever your thing is, There's condemnation at your door. And if you think that's not for indwelts, boy, if you got it wrong. Condemnation is, is that has been told is going to be given to us. He's talking about while we're alive. When you watch someone who loves you and they, 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 you are, they are hurting you and you're respecting them. You're finding some kind of honor in in them. Even if it is just the chair that they sit in. Now those are real testimonies. God is interested in revealing himself to everyone. Satan was removed from heaven because God wouldn't adjust his order to accommodate the views of this millennial Jesus called Satan. He won't be Hitler, folks. He'll make Hitler look like a junior high kid. He, Hitler, is known as the leader in the world that took over the world faster than any leader that has ever walked on the face of the earth. It happened so fast that many people said he has to be the Antichrist. He might have been possessed, but he's going to make him look like a kindergartner. All because he wants the role of the father. And most of you millennials, you couldn't respect your father if you were paid to. 
You don't even know what it means to do what you're told. Why is our military falling apart, frailing at the end? Because they can't be told what to do. Lawsuits have increased in the military by over 500% since our last president took office. Over gay rights, over females going to the front line, and on and on and on. You see, the roles are being changed in front of us. And it's going to create a different kind of crisis. If you want to learn more about who you are in Christ, we have a few resources. And we also happen to have a page on our website that lists out over 120 ministries and PDFs and whatever from other ministries. It's not just trying to promote our ministry. But go on the website at www.iomamerica.org and check out some of the stuff. It's the best way to find out about a speaker. Seriously. Or send me an email directly at drphinnei at iomamerica.org. And I really love text. Appreciate hearing from you, and I will respond if I see your message. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.